This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. What a beautiful Wednesday evening. <laughs> you see, the Bible says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Your faith goes down when you take your eyes off Jesus. Peter did it for a while and just, it, it just began to sink. The only way not to sink in life is to keep your eyes on Jesus. You see, distractions are everywhere. At times, it comes in form of pain. Lost opportunities. Betrayer. People annoying you, people talking about you. At times, problems in the place of work. Misunderstanding. At times, it's with siblings. If you give attention to them, your faith goes down. So the Bible says, looking unto Jesus. They were told under the old covenants. So that song came from there. Look and leave, my brother, leave. He said, anyone beating of the serpent, don't look at the bites. Don't look at the pain. Look at the serpent on the pole. You shall be healed. But that is quite abnormal. If you are standing somewhere and something bites you, you are likely to look at the place. That is a natural reaction. But they were told that don't look at the bites. Look at the serpent on the cross. Looking unto Jesus. The day you don't see Jesus, your faith sinks. There are many things being thrown at your faith. Satan is just looking for one thing, your faith. Jesus said, Simon, Simon, Satan desired to have you, but I have prayed for you. Not that you will not even fall, but that your faith will not fail. Because our faith is needed. If it does not faint, if it does not fail, rather, you will keep standing. So Jesus said, Simon, I'm not praying for Satan not to come. I'm not praying that whatever, I'm just praying that no matter what happens to you, your faith does not fail. Hallelujah. Did you get that? God bless you. You can have your seats. Somebody shout amen. amen. What I have said is how not to live, to be happy today, sad tomorrow, happy today. Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that are labor under every lady, and I will give you rest. I do know in my spirit there are many Christians who are tired, weak, and weary. When you are weak and weary, when you are tired, it's a function of two things. Where is your priority and what are you looking at? You see, it is important that you establish layers of protocols, layers upon layers, before the enemy can get to you. So you can have a house, let's say a duplex, and you are just, uh, there's just a fence around the house. Then you can have a house that there is a first fence, second fence, third fence, 
Four friends, all of them have security. To the point that even when a robber starts, ah, what is it? <laughs> because if we have to pass through so many layers to reach the main house, your spiritual life should be like that, well fortified, that it becomes very difficult for anything. Maybe we should not even use the word difficult. It becomes impossible for anything to cross all the orders who set up to reach you. And one of the ways, there is a place of faith. There is a place of the kind of mindset that you have. For instance, a Christian who has said to himself, I thank God for the prosperity of my life. I thank God for the health. But most importantly, I have something that no enemy can take away from me, my faith. No matter what, I believe Jesus is Lord. I believe there is a home for me in heaven. So that was why Paul said that if this, our earthly tent were to be dissolved, we have a building with God, a house not made with hand. That's why Apostle Paul, that was why he could go through any tribulation. When he lost uh, the ship that they were in to shipwreck, when he lost uh, part of the ministry to unfaithful brethren, he was not disturbed much because the greatest treasure to him is that there is a place in heaven and that one, nobody can take it on earth. Did you get that? So if what gives me the greatest joy is that one day I will wave this ad bye-bye and I shall have a place beside my Lord in heaven. As long as nothing can affect that, so if I categorize all the money I have as 2%, all the relationships I have in my life as 2%, another 2%, all the only possessions as another 2%. And I rate my heavenly oh, my work with God, 90%. So no matter what I lose on earth, I've just lost six. I still have 94. And if you have 94, you don't get angry. For instance, you understand what I'm saying? Praise the Lord. So, I remember one time, let's say, there's one agency I use for my flight. So I called them to help me get it. So this one happened recently. And then they said, so I was going to go to UK and the lady got me the ticket and she prepared Then She will send the schedule to you as you want it to look at it again, verify everything. Then you pay. And then my wife was to transfer the money to them. And I said, okay. So she now said, I don't have his, I don't have the account again. I said, okay, wait, let me get it for you. So I called the lady and she said, oh, wait a little, my will give you a discount. Then within two minutes, as I sat on my chair there, I just saw that my wife had paid. And I said, hey, the agreement was, I said I will give you the account. My she just that when she finished talking to me, she just found it on her phone. I said, well, you didn't tell me that now you have found it so that I could. He said, but, but then you said that the price is going up, so I just really paid. I said, but the lady said she was waiting within five minutes to call the office and see how much discount. So she was feeling bad. Now, wow, we've paid now. They can't refund the money. We missed the discount. And then um, after a while, she called back after some minutes. And she said that the discount is less than 20000 I was just like, ridiculous discount. Now, let's say the flight is, let's say 1.2 or so. 
Let's just say 1.2. Now, to say 1.220 or 1.240, now if the discount had been like, let's say, 350,000, it would have pained me as well. That, oh, this money could have been given to someone. This is, you are losing 350,000. But when they mentioned that 16,000, I was like, I beg. So I'm saying that the pain you feel in life is according to number one, the size of the money in proportion to the size of your account. So when the enemy hits, it depends on your rating of what they are, what they are hitting you on. I get what I'm saying. You will not likely feel bad if somebody has told you you are working and you are earning one million per, per month and somebody has said that by first week of June, we have made an arrangement that you are going to come to our company and we are going to pay you 3.5 million. So two weeks to the end of May, when they fire you at work, you will just be whistling home. If they fire three of you, two people will be feeling bad. But they notice that you are smiling. Why? Two weeks, in two weeks time, you are going for a job that is times three. So you are not bothered. I get what I'm saying. But if you are fired and you have nothing to fall back on, it will affect you. Put attention on things that the enemy cannot touch. Did you get that? Say amen. Did you get what I've just said? See, it's as deep as just put attention. This is very important. You know, there are Christian parents who have very, very rebellious children. Even some eminent pastors, and they, they've done everything. It's except to learn to fix your eyes on Jesus. Are you going to shut down your assignment because of one child misbehaving? No. That one child misbehaving in 15 years' time might just turn back and become the savior of the whole family again. But you see, are you going to shut down yourself for that? That's why, where is your attention? Once Satan notices that something else gives you joy other than Jesus, it will hit you there. You become vulnerable in that area. So rejoice in many things that God has given you. Love everything, but do not put the whole of your attention on anything. Anything. You get what I've just said now? That's very important. Let your energy and your motivation and your joy be on something that it can never touch. And the only thing that cannot shake is the kingdom. Bible says we have received an unshakable kingdom. So it can't take your salvation. But every other thing, I get what I'm saying. You know, I was listening to, that's why I've been talking about thoughts and action on Sunday. Mary Ikin, very one of the leading female ministers in America. The daughter is now in charge of the ministry and she's winning. So, but she, she shocked us one day. I was just watching on TBN. So when she was in high school, a thought just came to her that supposedly Jesus thing is nonsense. What about are you sure the Buddhists are not right? And she walked away from Jesus. But see, the mother continued to reach the old world. Now, after some years, the girl came back and now she's next to the mother in the ministry. But the woman is very old now. But imagine the mom coming home and crying, oh, Jesus, you have failed me. Oh, Jesus, you have failed me. Now some Christians say those, oh, God, oh, God, where were you? I see my daughter say she doesn't want Jesus again. <laughs> If you watch Turning Point, 700 Club. How many watch 700 Club? Pat Robinson's son that is in charge now said when he was 14, he said bye-bye to Jesus for 24 years. When he's doing casting news now, he's reading news and he's healing the sick. 
giving word of knowledge while reading news. He said it was 34 when he came back. For 20, he came back to Jesus. And the father was just looking at him. They prayed. They kept sharing the word with him. But you see, I'm saying that that didn't stop the father from reaching out to people. I am saying that never get distracted. It's going to affect just one virtue. And that virtue is called faithfulness. Faithfulness is defined by being loyal and being steadfast. That is Oxford Dictionary anyway. Uh, that's mean of faithfulness. But see, the journey that we have been called to, this is one virtue that if you allow it, because I won't say if you have it, Christian, you already have it because it's one of the fruits of the Spirit, Galatians chapter 5. But not many people exercise it. For instance, you are far stronger than you think you are. If you begin to do some form of exercise, you find that you can actually. When I was young, I used to practice some assault and I started some assaulting. Now, they ask me to some assault now. I will need Jesus. I get what I'm saying. <laughs> when you exercise yourself, what is in you will come out. I mean, I could run 1,000 meters that time. I remember in school, I was one of the fastest. I visited my school, 100 meters, 200 meters. That was my area. And I used to play nine. If I begin to do training, I might see, but that would take me many days because I haven't played in a while. And when you have not played for a year, when you first play, God have mercy on you. <laughs> they will need to pray for you. Are <laughs> you getting what I'm saying? Amen. This is important. Faithfulness. One of the virtues. And I want to talk about that briefly tonight. Because godliness, the Bible says, it's profitable in both spiritual things and every other thing. The world we live in is looking for faithful people. Businessmen are looking for faithful men. And this is supposed to be a natural thing to a child of God. But many Christians don't let it rise. Let me ask you a question, church. It's supposed to be a short message tonight. If God, if the court of heaven meets on you today, what is God's conclusion about you? What do you think their conclusion, their reference, their evaluation of you will be? In Numbers 12, 7. Numbers 12, 7. This is God giving an account of one man. These are the things that, we, you know, Miriam and Aaron, they began to talk. But see, a man that has depth in God, you can't successfully talk. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing. That's what some people don't get. No matter you talk about Baba Debo and everything, all these people, that won't stop millions from gathering because it's beyond you. Some of those critics don't get that, that God does not sit there in heaven and listen to critics to now determine what to do with somebody. God is not going to listen to anybody to rate you. So everybody else can say that you are not nice. But God will go by what he knows. Because he knows what men don't know. Are you clear? Are you, are you with me? So everybody can say you are like this. Maybe. But God's conclusion is not drawn from what opinions of men. It doesn't count with it. Others look at what they see. He looks at the half. So they began to talk. They said Moses married an Ethiopian woman. And this Moses said, is he the only one hearing from God? Interestingly, it was not even Moses that answered them. 
It was God. Let's start from verse 6. This is, they were talking. And God began. And he said, hear my words. Well, let's start from verse 5. Or maybe we should start from... <laughs> let's start from 3. Now, Moses was very meek. Above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. You know what is funny about this? He, he wrote this about himself. <laughs> you know, it was one that wrote the five, five books. So, so, in other words, Moses was saying that I am mommy that woman. How did he know? But you see, he wrote by revelation. He wasn't lying. Because he wrote Genesis, Exodus. Those were the things God revealed to him on the mountain. But the lesson to learn from that is that what do you say about yourself, actually? For once, have you freed yourself from what people think of you to what you think of yourself? Let me ask you, what do you think of yourself? They say you don't know mass. So you believe you don't know mathematics. What do you really, you know, sincerely, if you don't do what I've just said now, one day I will do a whole message on this. You can live your life and base your values on what the shape that men have given you. Mommy said this, daddy said this, and they said it long enough that you have come to accept that that is who you are. They said this one is more diligent among all my children, and that's not you, that you are the laziest. And since that time, you have become lazy truly. Anything you start, you, you, you've come to believe that some other people are better than yourself and that you are just managing. That's why it is not good for parents to compare children. That somebody is more brilliant in schoolwork does not mean she's more brilliant in life. Books and life are two different things. So when you say a person is a genius, you know, teachers did this arm to us in school. The ones that are very good in mathematics, they talk about the brilliant ones. They, they, this is a genius. Why? Because he can balance a, a, a chemistry equation. Is Messi not a football genius? Watch him play and understand. See, the way the Almighty God has created life, anybody who calls himself a genius is just in one little area out of millions of areas. It is true. Uh, Pedro's son, Jeremy, is like map lives in his head. As young as the boy is. I tested him. He understands geography and the whole world. You see, we need to encourage thoughts like that. I'm just saying that people just come, you know, opinions of men. Like some four men will sit down. You know, I said that one on Sunday. And now some just 12 women to walk past them, walking like cats. He said they are cats walking. I know, don't do like this. And I did, they said that means Miss World. <laughs> and you are telling her that you call her Miss World, that she's the most beautiful woman in the world. I want to look at those women. I know too many, too many women that are finer than them. But you see, it's the opinion of some four judges. Why don't they show us the rest of us? Call all the men together. Let us vote. Six of you will just ask some women to, number one, you've selected six women. I said they should pass. And then they say yeah, they are the finest. I have never agreed with that. But you see, they call them experts. So, no problem. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? It is difficult 
to say because you don't know. Mm. Most important thing, begin to let the Bible name you and shape you. When you start answering, looking at what the word says about yourself, you start becoming, it's a mirror. Then you start detaching yourself from what they have said about you. You start becoming what God is saying about you. The one who created you has not put your manual in anybody's hand. So nobody exactly knows who you are except to go back to the owner. Are you getting what I'm saying? This is very important. That's why you must be close to the word of God and be a person of prayer. That your true identity can come by revelation, not by what people are saying. So they began to talk. And then God answered. Let's read verse 3. From verse 3. You know, they said as Moses, now the Bible says Moses was made above all men which were upon the face of the earth. Verse 4. And the Lord spoke suddenly unto Moses, unto Aaron, and to Miriam. Come out, three of you, of the congregation. And they came out. And they, three, came out. Next verse. And the Lord came down. They just saw a pillar just appear. And God said, guys, step aside, the three of you. And then God said that. And called Aaron and Miriam. So he said, three of them were standing. God said, Aaron and Miriam, step out again. And they came. <laughs> Next verse. And he said, hear my words. If there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, I make myself known unto him in a vision. I will speak unto him in a dream. So anybody that is a prophet will process at least two of these gifts. God speaks to prophet through visions, through dreams, and what they call utterance. Amen. But we are not examining the ministry of a prophet today. The problem with dreams is that they don't only come from God. They also come from Satan. They come from self. If you are a prophet and you dream and you have visions, if you lack what they call discerning of spirits, your dreams and your visions will land you in trouble. Because you are tailored, you are made in such a way that you can capture visions. But not all visions are from God. Satan too can give visions. And once he notices that you lack discernment, he will give you a dream. You will tell people what you have said. You actually saw that thing, but that thing will lead people into hell. You destroy family by your prophecies. I get what I'm saying. I know we are many of them in Africa now. Amen. Never listen to any prophets. Who is not, first of all, a very sound teacher of the word. Number two, don't send yourself to a prophet outside where you receive the word of God and prayer. If a member of this church, God will use us to bring somebody who can minister to you. Don't go out of your phone to look for you. You are going to get into trouble. Even the ones generally called from God, at times they can be occupied by another spirit temporarily. Once you wrongly intrude into this office, you'll get into trouble. So be careful. Somebody coming to your shop, to your office to start praying and you are never, if you are a man, remove your cap and kneel down or bow to be prayed for by somebody whose origin you don't know. Please. Even Paul wants Timothy that do not lay hands suddenly on any man. Don't be a partaker. You can partake of a spirit that somebody carries when you submit yourself to the place of prayer. 
I say, it looks like a traditional thing, but it means a lot. Your cap, I will show you in the Bible, represents a form of authority. If you remove your cap by you bow to somebody praying, you are receiving. Be careful. Your spirit and your life is too important for you to carelessly. How can you let somebody that you have never known be praying for you? Are you with me? Praise the Lord. I started observing this as a teenager. This is how I will stand. Once I don't know you, I can say amen to your prayer. Once a general prayer. But to submit myself, kneel before you or get you to lay hands on me. No. It's a spiritual law. Anyway. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Okay, just put that. Lay hands suddenly on no man. Neither be a partaker of other men's sin. Keep yourself pure. It's a warning to all the pastors. Even as a pastor, you can put your hand on somebody and get into trouble. Yes. Hallelujah. It's a law of contacts. What is going on in that person like I can just enter your life? A pastor mentioned that he went to preach somewhere and he allowed another pastor senior to pray for all of them who was just a serial rapist of women in church. He said he just got to church. That lost. I mean, it's why just they look beautiful to him again. Every girl he saw in church he felt like having sex with. He had to go on a retreat and a spirit left him. That one just gave me a deposit. <laughs> so I manage this. <laughs> Hallelujah. So <laughs> I've been thinking that one day I should explain more the realm of the spirit, how these things work. As well, it can have a mighty anointing, yet it can allow a spirit to still influence him. And the spirit stays in a part of his life and ruling his life. That you will just see that this person is anointed, being used by God, but he does some things that don't make sense. Why can this man be doing this? How can somebody preach heaven down and in the night, this one, that one? Now, I ministered to somebody before who was still going to see prostitutes after service to pay to sleep with. And in spite of his fasting and prayer, they didn't leave. Sometimes, if there's no revelation of the spirit in charge, the spirit might not be dealt with. But that's not, let's just leave that one and focus on what we're talking about today. But just take the warning, keep yourself pure. That's the most important thing. Amen. Don't be too good to say, ah, you need prayer. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> Treasure your hand. My body is the sanctuary. My body. <laughs> okay. Next verse. You know, I've been trying to get into this. And my time is half, half six minutes more. My servant Moses is not so. Ah, who is faithful in all? Do you know this verse is showing you God's rating? That means. Before God, faithfulness is rated higher than prophetic gifts. Did somebody hear what I just said now? Say amen. amen. Did you get that? God said, if there is a prophet, I am the one showing that prophet vision. He said, but the guy you are speaking against is beyond a prophet. That's the of this word. He said, Moses is lifted above being a prophet. But then the title God gave him, he said, he is faithful in everything. 
That means when God knows you to be faithful, you are superior to a prophet. You know why? Jesus Christ is more than a prophet. But Jesus is called the faithful one. It's like a title that is above all titles. Revelation 1. He introduced himself as the faithful witness. Revelation 19, 6. It's 19, so 19, 11. Let's read. Faithful witness. That's a powerful name. Verse 11. I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat on, upon him was called what? Everybody say it together. So, faithfulness is not just a virtue, it's a person. The Bible says, faithful is one of the names of Jesus, one of his identities. As he's coming to the battle of Armageddon, he's coming, coming with that name, faithful and true. We should ask believers, are you faithful and true? Ah, how transparent are you and how straight when you ask them a question, they first of all lie. Some people find it difficult to be open. They are so cunning. And I make Christians like that. Cunning and crafty. Faithful and true. If you come to somebody's house and you are like, I'm just passing by, so I should greet you. Can that really be the reason why you are there? Faithful and true. That means your motive is pure. If you give, you give out of a pure heart. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We will come back to this because I want to stop. Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 9. Deuteronomy 7 9. Know therefore that the Lord thy God he is God. What's the next word? He said, no. You must know that one of the main things, one main thing about God is that he's a faithful God. And the Bible says, can two work together? Except that, that means, if a faithful God does not find a man faithful, they are not compatible. This is why every Christian must make this virtue a priority. Faithful. I can go on and show you David and show you Daniel. In Daniel chapter 6, one of the things that the enemies of Daniel said about him, they said that Daniel is faithful. The Bible said they could not find anything against because he was faithful. He was faithful. I remember when I was in school, we'll see a guy in our fellowship getting close to a lady. He said, no, I'm not thinking it's just a friend. And one month after he has asked her out, I said, why can't people be faithful and true? We asked someone that do like I know I'm just, just a sister. But after two weeks, we've asked her out two times. What is wrong with saying that? Yes, I like her. I don't know whether I'll ask her out or not, but do I like her? Yes. When they ask me, I answer like that. They asked me about some ladies in our fellowship. I said she's beautiful. I, do I think about her? Yes, I do from time to time. Am I going to do anything about it? I don't know, but. Sincerely, I like her. She's wonderful. True. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
Glory to God. Are you, are you with me? Praise the Lord. <laughs> you know, a man by the Dr. Frederick K. Price is late now. When he visited people and they gave him food and they asked him about the opinion, he would tell the opinion. So he offended a lot of people in America by being faithful and true. Because human beings don't like people to be. They said, oh, hope you enjoyed the food. He said, no. <laughs> but I thank you for giving us the food. <laughs> you need to go back to that man's message. He was such a... Somehow, at times, he will appear to be picking up people that were fat in this congregation. What was it? Somebody asked him that, do I look good? Your clothes is nice, but your body is big. <laughs> he said nobody gave him food without him thanking them for their hospitality. But if you ask him about the taste, he will tell you exactly how. He said because he vowed to God that he would never lie nor play around things. He said to be nice, I just be like, don't bother to ask. So they will say, did you enjoy the food? Say, thank you for the food. Because I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> In Yoruba, like, you get into trouble with everybody. But you say the truth. <laughs> food issue is not my focus. Let's, let's I'm just saying that. How true are you? In anything you are doing and everywhere you are, when you appear anywhere, how plain and how pure are your motives? Thank you, Jesus. Sincerely speaking, there is so much spiritual power and authority in what I've just shared with you. When you start operating this way, evil rests on you, the glory of God. Because now he has found a man that is compatible. That was why God chose David. He made a lot of mistakes, but David was a faithful man. Anything God, he carried it through, carried it on his head, and he never wavered. Faithful. He was so faithful to the sheep that he wouldn't rely on it any. Ah, and God saw that. Can there be a man that is this faithful? He did not kill Goliath for reward. He was just angry that somebody was insulting God's people. When we get into this, sincerely speaking, even corrupt people in the world will be looking for a Christian to work with. Because a thief does not want to keep his money with another thief. And if you are a thief, you know other thieves. Those who steal government's money, a time will come, they don't want to keep, because when a believer is faithful, you are dependable, you are reliable. If somebody tells you something and he says, don't tell anybody, you agree not to, that's why when people come down and say, Pastor, I'll tell you something. Oh, promise that you won't tell anybody. I don't make such promise until I hear what you want to say. Because once I say I will not, I have trapped myself to keep, and it might be something that will kill you. Because some people want to go a very terrible way. And he said, you should not tell anybody. And you know that the way to help them is that you have to call maybe the husband, the wife. If, if a, a man says, 
Women have told me things, and I'll just be like, well, it's between you and your husband. I'm not going to say anything about it. I'll just pray. That has happened many times. And men have told me things, also. I'll just be like, well, I cannot. And I see the other person every day. I'm not going to say anything. I'll just be praying. The one that was very terrible, that lady told me, I just, after six months, I just saw her again. I said, have you told your husband what you did? She said, and I said, you know, I won't force you, and I will never tell him. I said, but sincerely, I think you should tell him what you said to me. Ah, he said the marriage will scatter. I said, well, it will scatter more if he gets to know by himself. Because when people do, the excuse they will now hold on to is that you should have told me. And that's what people say. Yes. Like, like um, people are dating. And um, many women have asked me, that, am I supposed to tell the guy or my, my partner, those who have had a very uh, not too good past? Well, if it's getting to the point of you're about to get married, you have to tell him. You don't need to give a graphic description of everything, but you have to just let him know uh, how, far, how far you have gone before coming to Christ. Because along the line, and a couple coming from abroad, and they, I mean, the marriage was dead on arrival, you know, a lot of things. I, I've told this story before, you know. So the guy, they had a very amazing wedding in Nigeria, which I don't want to go fully into, but she... By the time the two days after their wedding, they both uh, went to America. And so they landed there, you know, Interpol or whatever, uh, immigration just separated them, deported the guy immediately and put a ban of 10 years on his visa, not to them, and no, deported the lady, sorry, and then told the guy. Because the guy was schooling there, working there, the lady was here, and told the guy also that he would not be able to come out of America for 10 years, otherwise he would not be able to enter again. That means, for 10 years, they will not see. And then they found that so people raised an alarm. He wants to marry the girl to get green card left. And then they decided discovering some so many things about her. And the lady was going back to the to internet to check names of her friends, secondary school, and she was now she was now it was a very good idea, connecting things and going back to the past. And the more he was digging, the more he was seeing. Because everyone that seek can find it. So he saw too many things that they were too heavy for him. And so he was talking to me on phone. And I told him, when I told the lady, very respectful lady, she came in a very amazing car. She's quite rich, him, and she told me, that, look, I've told him everything. That wasn't patient enough to work with. They said, but I've told him everything. And that all the evil things I did stopped when he asked me out. I stopped. So I think the one that was paying him was the fact that um, somebody was there who was like maybe a chairman or so of the wedding day, and he found that it was not her uncle, it was actually her man friend. And she said, since the day relationship started, I never had any relationship with the man again. That the man to even pull back. But the man gave them some millions in the marriage, and the, the man, the guy, so a lot of complicated issues. And, and I, I told I told her, when I listened to her, I knew she was saying the truth. She said everything, and I told him that, look, either you close your eyes to her past, sincerely, since then she said yes to, she never got involved with anybody again. Either you pick up the story from there, or you continue to look at her past and end the marriage. It's up to you. But that to continue to dig and dig and dig and dig, you will find more things. She has told you before that she was horrible in the past. So, and you that you are digging, say you are not clean either. Amen.
when the lady says, it's my uncle. Please check who. There are real uncles and there are uncle uncle. <laughs> so, <laughs> amen. <laughs> there are many good women, wonderful women that go for this subject. But it's in our time. What I say to people is that don't rush into anything. Ask questions. Never date a person in isolation. You must find out who are the friends of this person. Get to know things. It's your life. It's one journey. So investigate very well. Very, very, very well. I told you before, I was close to somebody and she was a very um, wonderful worker in our church. The way she would share the word with me. But as I thought we were getting close, she was still living in a man's house. Another member, an elder in this church. Or in our church. As I was praying, I just knew myself that something, and the Lord didn't show me any vision, but inside me I knew something wasn't right. Thank God that I've always adopted that of asking the right question. So, if I'd married that kind of person now, you would just hear that pastor has divorced his wife one day. Because those things just don't end like that. So many things will start happening. So that's why look before you leap. Let's rise. Is someone blessed tonight? And no matter what, if any man be in Christ a new creation, with boldness, let the person know I have passed. I'm a Christian now. It's up to you want to marry me or not. If my past intimidates you and you want to go, go. That means you are not my husband or my wife. It's as simple as that. No matter what you have done, if God is the one giving you that partner, it doesn't mean anything to the person. That's the truth. Praise the Lord. Is someone blessed tonight? We will continue. We will now go fully into it next time. By the grace of God. What does it mean to be faithful? And what are the benefits in the scripture of being a faithful person? What are the benefits? Thank you, Lord Jesus. We give you praise. Father, we thank you for tonight, for your word. We ask for grace to walk in your word, to walk in the truth. In the name of Jesus Christ, blessed be your name. Thank you, Father. I feel like bringing this word to somebody, especially whatever you do for God or good things that you do to people. You see, at times, some rewards don't come on time. It will look as if you are wasting your time being good or serving or giving or anything. There's no kind thing that you do that God is not noticing. I just want to say that to somebody. The Bible says in deal says that we shall reap if we faint not. Don't faint. Don't faint. Sometimes for years it looks like there's no reward for what you are doing. The Bible says God is not unrighteous. To forget your labor of love. That means it is a wrong thing for God to see you laboring and keep it and do as if he doesn't see it. There will come a time that payday will come. Keep being faithful and don't stop. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. It is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. 
So I just want to lead you right away now. If you are, if you want to give your heart to Christ, just say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again and that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. And from today, I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late. You are born again. You are part of God's family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you. We love you. Stay blessed.